tonight we're going to start by looking at Luke chapter 10 verse 38 through to 42. Luke chapter 10 verse 38 and here in this story Jesus comes to reveal to us what is very important. What is the secret of his life? Now we began to look at this direction on Sunday. But I want to take it to another dimension today. Now it came to pass as they went. That he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I think there's just something about the Mary that were born during the time of Jesus. They were women so committed to God, women so committed to the word of the Lord, women so committed to the kingdom of God. You just check out Mary Magdalene. Mary, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And then this Mary, mother's sister here. The Bible says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. The master was visiting. And Mary looked at it and said, wow, this is a huge opportunity. Of course, I know the master needs food. <laughs> but also, I know the food of the master. I know what drives the master. I know what drives Jesus. Is to see the kingdom of God come upon every situation. Is to see the presence of God come upon people's life. Is to see that transformation take place. The presence of God revealed into men's life by the word. The presence of God revealed into men's life by the manifest presence of God. And so what did Mary do? Bible says she sat at Jesus' feet. And heard his word. But Martha was busy muttering. So, but Martha was combated about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And then you look at that, is that not logically good? And then, I mean, it's amazing that Jesus Christ sat there and left Martha to do whatever she wanted to do and then left Mary to do what she wanted to do. Jesus didn't even bother to correct Martha. And that's why you need to understand the principles of God. The principle of approaching God. The principle of walking with God. This is very important. 
that until Martha brought the case to Jesus, Jesus wasn't going to say anything. And if Martha had not brought the case, the whole thing would have gone like that. Jesus would not have told Martha that, see, you are missing it. You are missing it. And that's why tonight you need to understand, we're going to be looking at that one thing that is needful. And what is that one thing that is needful? The presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of Jesus. Which is the presence of God. Is that one thing that is needful? But we must also understand how to navigate in the presence of God. What is the protocol of the presence of God? How do you take advantage of the presence of God? How do you get the very best of the presence of God? These are, these are the questions we are going to be answering tonight. And we trust that the Holy Spirit will help us. Because here, Martha was in the presence of Jesus. Was she not? She was. And yet, she wasn't getting the best. <laughs> you can be in the presence of God and yet not get, because the Bible says that we are seated with Christ at the right hand of God. So we know that positionally, we are in the presence of God. We carry God on the inside of us. The Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. So Martha here was in the presence of Jesus. And so Mary was also. But their posture was different. The operation was different. Though Martha was in the presence of God, yet Martha was not taking advantage of that presence. Martha was busy doing things that were not necessary. Things that were not needful. Remember the Bible says they are sisters. So it looks like Martha was older. It's the older sister. So they have the same privilege. So it's not as if they are from the different uh, father. They are sisters, siblings. So they have the same privilege. They represent the believer. Mary and Martha is a type of the believer. A type of the born again believer. And we have these two types of believers today. We have the Martha believer and we have the Mary believers. So 
So until Martha raised the issue, there was no way. Martha wasn't going to understand the secret behind what Mary was doing. Now, whether Mary was doing it consciously by revelation or not, what was important is that Mary did it. That was what was important. That was what made the difference here. So whether it was done by revelation or not. But I believe Mary did it by revelation because, I mean, your elder sister can be in the kitchen and then you are just seated there, you know, and then listening and listening. Something must be pushing you. She was just there soaked in the presence of Jesus, receiving from the Lord. And yet, Martha was busy in the kitchen. Martha was thinking about the things of how to get this one done, how to get this one done, how to get that one done, how to get this one done. That was what Martha was doing. Mattering about many things in life. And look at it. What she was doing, was it bad? It wasn't bad. In fact, she was trying to honor the prophet. She was trying to honor Jesus. And this tells us what is most important to God. And, see, and that is why when, when, when the Bible says that Jesus, when Jesus ordained the twelve, the Bible says he ordained them and then called them to first be with him and that he should send them forth. So you can see the progression. First, that they be with him. Then they can serve him. Then he can send them out. Are you getting this? Ask your neighbor, are you getting this? Now this is very important. And this should begin to change your priority when it comes to spiritual things. That your service must flow out of your relationship, out of your fellowship with the Father. Your service should flow out of your fellowship with the Father. Now, this is a secret that the Old Testament saints understood. That's why Elijah the Tishbite just appeared from nowhere. No description, and then he said, Elijah the Tishbat. He just came from nowhere. And he said, There shall not be rain before whom I stand. Look at that. That's a man that, that understands he's standing before the Lord. He said, Because I'm standing before the Lord, and so I am speaking as I see. So, what he was speaking was what we were seeing the Lord say. So he didn't just come and then were just speaking his own thing. No, 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 no. He said, before whom I stand. 
These were men that understood the presence of God. They gave a high premium to God's presence. And we see Mary here the same way. Verse 39 again, and then she had a sister. That's Luke 10, 39. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. You see, and these are things, I mean, these are practical things that you can use to, to actually examine yourself. If you are not a lover of the presence of God, it's just a matter of time. You will begin to run your Christian life and run your life on your own energy. You all that you'll be doing will be called ordinary activities. It will be it won't be a flow of the Spirit of God, it will not be a flow that comes out of a fellowship with the Father. And that's how the devil is okay, you know, if people are just busy with activity. And that's why you say when you begin to, to do this on your own energy, then you will soon be getting offended on little, little things here and there. But if you do it with the energy of the Spirit, with God's own energy, many things you won't see. You won't see. You will not see. Because you are going to be seeing things from the lens. You are going to be seeing things from the lens of God. Using the binoculars of God. Using the lens of God to see things. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. So you notice here that the Bible says Mary sat. You must learn to sit. Some people they can't sit in one place. I mean their body cannot sit in one place. <laughs> That's why you see some people they can't, they can't pray in tongues for 30 minutes without wondering. There will be that temptation to say, move, move, go and pick this one. Move, go and pick this one. Move, or go and talk to someone. Why are you still praying in tongues? You know why people do that? They've not learned how to sit. How to dwell. You must learn to sort yourself. That's why Jesus said, when you want to pray, go into your room. Lock the door. The, and pray to your father in secret. That's in secret he's talking about is without anyone disturbing you. With no distraction. That's, that's how your prayer life can be turbocharged. 
They said, supercharged. <laughs> and look at it. Martha was moving around, moving around, and Mary was not seeing Martha again. But Martha was still moving around, picking plates here and there, picking plates here and there. And then I, I can imagine his heart, just like, in her heart, it's like, mm, Mary, mm, okay. It's because of Jesus, I won't see anything now. I know if he's a typical Yoruba uh, sis, uh, sister, <laughs> it's just ah, hey, let Jesus go now. I'll show you Pepe. You understand? You can imagine what will be going through her mind. I mean, why? Mary was not even seeing her at all. Mary was soaked up in the presence of God. Mary was seated on the throne right there. Jesus and Mary were not there any longer. They, Jesus was speaking from the throne of grace. Remember, on Sunday I told you about John chapter 3 verse 13, when Jesus was telling Nicodemus, and then says that no one has ascended to heaven except the Son of God who descended and who is in heaven. Though he was there, Nicodemus was there, and he was telling Nicodemus that he's in heaven. He's in heaven. Give me NLT, right? Sorry, New King James, NKJV. Okay, he said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the son of man who is in heaven. Where was Jesus when he was speaking this? Right there with Nicodemus. And yet he was saying he's in heaven. There's an ability that God has given to the born-again believer that the born-again believer can have his body here and yet his inner life is in heaven. Body here, yet your inner life is seated. Not just your spirit man. And take up, that's what, when we talk about, you need to understand when we talk about the inner life, we're talking about both your spirit and your soulish life. All right? So when we say inner life, this is very key. This is very key. If you, don't, if you do not understand the difference between these two, it's a big issue. It's a big issue. Your spirit man is one with the Lord. Whether you believe it or not, it's a reality. Hello? There are some there are some spiritual realities that your believing is not needed. It's a spiritual reality. Mm. 
there are other realities that your believing is needed to make it real. For example, there's a provision that has been made by redemption that your soul, your soul can fellowship with God the Father. But you have to believe it and you have to operate it before you can enjoy it. It's a privilege. It's, it's an access that you have, but it's not a reality. Now you're the one that will have to make it real by operating it. So that's why when we talk about inner life, we are talking about both the life of your human spirit and then the life of your soul. So here we are saying, at this point in time, Mary was so soaked in the hearing of Jesus that practically she wasn't there again. Her body was there, but she was not hearing anything Martha was saying. She was not hearing anything other people were saying in the house. She wasn't hearing the things that were happening. She was so soaked up with the word that was coming from Jesus that literally she wasn't hearing any other thing. How many of you, you have experienced that thing that you are, you, are, you are so soaked in what you are doing that somebody is talking and you are not hearing the person? How many of you have experienced that? Exactly. You know what happened? You are not there again. You have entered into that thing. It's an ability that God has given to every man. Both born again and un, uh, uh, unbelievers. And that's what we're talking about here. So when, when you soak yourself up, and you are studying the word of God, you soak yourself into it, you are no longer there. You are in the realm of that word. Whatever realm that word produces, you are there. And we know the realm that the word of God produces is the realm of the kingdom. Is the realm of the presence of God. So as the words of Jesus were coming out, Jesus said, the word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what was happening? Spirit and life was coming and then Mary was dead. And those words were becoming spirit and life to Mary. And so Mary was in that world. And right there, the kingdom of God was established. The throne was practically established there. So, and this is what happens when you are studying the word of God. And that's why you need to know that. That the moment you open the word, you have opened the kingdom of God. You have to believe that. The moment you open the Bible like this, you have entered a new kingdom. You have entered a new world. And then you begin to read. Or the moment you put that message in your ear, you have entered into a new, a new world. You just soak yourself into it. And you know what? Practically what is happening is that you are enjoying the benefit of the kingdom. You are enjoying the benefit of the presence of God. That's what is going on there. 
Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And so, verse 40, Martha came. But Martha was, was cumbered about much serving. Now, you need to understand that the book of Luke, eh? the reason Luke was written, it was written to the most excellence, Theophilus. And then the reason it was written is to confirm the certainty of those things and in details, the things that Theophilus have been hearing about Jesus and all of that. And then he said that these things were written in order. So that's why you see a lot of things that the other gospel did not cover, that Luke covered. For example, this is one of them. You won't find this one anywhere in the other three gospels. So, so Luke put, this down, put these things down in details. And so matter was combated by much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And look at what Jesus said. Some people could actually get offended with what Jesus said here. And they would say, Jesus is not even, is not, um, Hallelujah. You say, Jesus is not even nice. You understand? Jesus went straight to the point. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. See the description. Somebody that wants to give you food. And you hit the person like that. He said, but one thing. Come and say one thing. So there's always one thing, though, that is very important. Because it opens up every other thing. A lot of people think he's just talking about the word of God alone here. No. The word of God is part of it. But the key point here is actually the presence of God. That's the key point. The Bible says, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. That's presence. Presence. And every time there's the presence of God, then there's the presence of his word too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, say, but one thing is needful. This is Jesus speaking. He said, but one thing is sinful. And Mary has chosen that good part. It's a choice. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's a choice. How far you will go with God is a choice. It is not God that chooses how far you will go. You are the one that chooses it. You chose it. 
Tell anybody it's a choice. <laughs> Mary has chosen that good part. And then there's something about this. That when you have chosen it, there's something Jesus said again. He said, which shall not be taken away from her. It is something that can, when you choose it by revelation, he said, it cannot be taken away from you. No devil can take it away from you. It's an eternal thing. Is an eternal thing. Hallelujah. Tell you number one thing is needful. And I have chosen that good part. And no one shall take it away from me. Because as we are getting ready for the year 2023, you need to look at how is my fellowship with the Father? How is my fellowship with the presence of God? You need to take your fellowship to a new level. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. Ah, that means there are other parts. Hello? <laughs> that means there are what? Other parts. So you can be, that's why you see, you, come, you see people come to church. That's why there's freedom in church. That's why somebody can be in church and sleep all through. He has chosen something. But definitely not the good part. Amen. And you're wondering, why is it that even in the, in the very presence of God, people can choose such things? It didn't start today. Matter chose it. In the temple, some people were doing what? Selling. Buying and selling in the temple. Did the angels slap them? Who came? It was a physical person that came. Jesus Christ came physically. And you came. Koboko to send them away. Hallelujah. But who will be? That's why we see ushers, ushers go about. And say, don't sleep. You don't sleep. You don't sleep. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tell your neighbor one thing is needful. And I have chosen that good part. And no one shall take it away from me. So you need to begin to, you need to sit down and look at, see, the year is going to an end. The year 2023 is coming. 
I want to take my fellowship to a new level with God. I want my fellowship with the Father to be so real. Psalm 27, verse 3. So, Psalm 27, verse 3, now tells us how to navigate the presence of God. What exactly we need to do. And I believe that Mary, like I told you, it seems that the Mary of those days during the time of Jesus were spiritual people. Most of the Mary, the Mary Magdalene, whom seven demons were cast out, was a very spiritual person. The moment those demons were cast out from her, and she got so serious. It's a Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay. And then we see Mary, the sister of Martha here. Some other Marys like that. Psalm 27, and start reading from verse 3. Now this one too is amazing. It says, Though an host to encamp against me, and hosts, it's like saying, Though Boko Haram, Kidnappers shall encamp against me. He said, My heart shall not fear. I'm robbers. He said, Yet my heart shall not fear. But why? He went on to tell us the secret here. He said, Though war shall rise against me, war. He said, In this will I. Be confident. In what? Look at it, verse 4. He said, the reason I'm speaking like this, don't come and just start speaking the way I'm speaking. You know, this is what I have been doing. That's the reason I can speak like this. Now, some people will go and just quote, they'll go and quote verse 3. And say, oh, no one should come against me. My heart shall not fear. No one should rise against me. In this will I be confident. And they start quoting it. You cannot quote that without quoting the next verse. Without practicing the next verse. It's a practice of verse 4 that gives you the boldness to speak verse 3. He said, one thing have I desired, and it has left the realm of desiring. He said, that will I seek after. It has left the realm of seeking after that will I seek after. It's not I will, I am doing it. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Notice it. Dwell. That's number one. The protocols of the presence of God. Number one, dwell. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord sometimes, sometimes, all the days of my life. That's one. Two, to behold the beauty of the Lord. And three, to inquire in his temple. 
Three things. Dwell. Behold. And then inquire. Dwell. Behold. And inquire. Verse 5, he said, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Can you see the benefit of operating in God's presence? He said, In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. That's why in verse 3, he could, he could speak the way he was speaking. He said, And now shall my head be lifted up. See, what the presence of God does is it leads you up. Above my enemies round about. So, the enemies are, can you see the technology with which he's operating here? <laughs> you know, he said, he said, do I know you and camp me? He said, he knows. He knows because of the presence of God, he will be living in the midst of them. They will just be watching him up there. They won't be able to catch him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifice of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So three things you do in God's presence. The first thing is you stay there. You dwell. We saw that, we saw that Mary and Martha enjoyed that benefit. They were there. They were in God's presence, both of them. But in God's presence, there are other things that can be done, but the Bible didn't mention them here. But we saw from Martha's story that Martha could be doing what is not important, what is bad, what is not good. There's the good part. The Bible says that we are seated at the right hand of God the Father with Jesus. So positionally, we are in his presence. What you do with that presence matters. Is that there's a place where you need to stay there. Stay in his presence. Stay in his presence. In Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 19, Hebrews 10, 19. It says, having therefore brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We have the boldness by the blood of Jesus. And then verse 20, by a new and living way, active way that works which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Who we have access to the holiest. We are boldness. We can, we can enter in. You know, I told you on Sunday that there must be ascending and descending. Jesus Christ himself said, no one has ascended to heaven except the son of man who descended. So that means you know, the, what, did, what happened? What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He descended, right? And then he's saying that nobody has ascended. So that means 
The last ascension, the one we call ascension, the day he ascended into heaven, was not the very first day he ascended. After he descended. Hallelujah. He's been ascending in his inner life. He's been doing ascension and descending. But physically, he finally ascended that day. That everyone saw him. That was why he was saying, see, I'm in heaven. He was living an ascended life. And that was the picture that God was showing Jacob when, when God showed him that dream. That he saw a ladder and then angels ascending and descending. Actually, the angel that ascending and descending is not just your angels, but you too. You are ascending and descending. Hallelujah. For in him we live. In him we move. That's why it's not enough for you to live. You must move. Can you see that? In him we live. Okay, so we are in God's presence. We are dwelling there. But that's not enough. There must be activity. In him we move. And what will he produce? Our being. For in him we have our being. Because we are ascending and descending, then it will begin to produce who we are. We will begin to manifest who we are. Hallelujah. So you dwell, but don't just dwell. You must decide on what you do with that dwelling. So, number two, you know, he said, one thing have I desired, that one, I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That's the one thing, dwell, but to do something there. To behold the beauty of the Lord. This is, when you talk about the beauty of the Lord, you are talking about the glory of God. The glory of God. And the glory of God is revealed in his presence. The glory of God is revealed in his word. There are two ways to behold the glory of God. When you meditate on the Lord, that's beholding his glory. But when you also grab the word of the Lord and begin to meditate on the word of God, or you are listening to the word of God, you are beholding the glory of the Lord. That's why the word of God must be too important to you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 3.18, he said, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass. Why is it as in a glass? Because we are not ascending like Jesus Christ ascended finally that day. We are ascending as in a glass. Why Jesus was with Nicodemus and was saying, see, I'm in heaven. He was ascending as in a glass. As in a glass. 
beholding the Lord as in a glass. What was happening? His inner life, very active. And when we talk about this inner life, we're talking about your thinking. We're talking about what you are considering, what you are conscious of, what you are aware of, your soul. With open face, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, and what happens? In the place of beholding, that's where transformation takes place. That's where things, we are, we are transformed. The light of that glory hits us. And that light, that light changes us, transforms us. But you see, we must, we must behold Hallelujah. Then number three. It says, inquire of the Lord. This, this, these three things are very important. You don't leave the other. And that's what happened with Mary and Martha here. Do you know that if Martha had not come and said, Jesus, I, I don't like what Mary is doing, though. I'm just busy doing this one, and then Mary is just there. Jesus will never have given Martha the truth, and she will never have known the truth, ever. But that was a kind of inquiry that she did. She came to Jesus and said, I don't understand why Mary is not doing it. It was inquiring from the Lord. And then the Lord answered her. If you do not understand how to inquire from the Lord, you will not hear from God. Some of you just sit down. Sit down. And you want the Lord to speak to you. Ask him question. Ask him. That's why there's a principle that has been put in place in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8, that's what I like most. He said, for everyone that asketh, receive it. It's an eternal principle. Everyone that asketh, receive it. And everyone that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. There are certain things that it takes knocking and knocking. So that is why some people, they just ask once and then they, they, they didn't receive anything. They just like, oh, oh. It's not working. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Daniel kept asking for 21 days. You can imagine if Daniel had given up. And that's the maximum. That's the maximum. There's, if, if, you tell you, if we tell you to go and hear from God, and after 21 days you can't give us an answer, you, you, have, you have broken a horrible record, negative horrible record. Within 21 days, you will hear God. The, the prince of Persia cannot stop you hearing God. After 21 days, it's not possible. Within 21 days, you will hear. But you keep asking him every day, knocking the door, knocking the door, knocking the door. And the problem is not him. You are knocking and knocking, preparing to enter into the frequency of God that you can hear him. Within 21 days, there is no demonic influence upon any man on this earth 
that will seek the Lord within 21 days, that that influence will, never, will not be broken. Hallelujah. He's an eternal principle. Ask and it shall be given. For he that asketh, receive it. Knock and uh, no, seek and you shall find. For he that seeketh, find it. He said, Knock and the door shall be open. For he that knocketh, the door shall. For the reason why you should ask is because he that asketh, receive it. Is a must. It is, it, is, it is a demand that has been laid on God that when you ask him, he must respond. Amen. Amen. You say, Lord, you don't know what you want. This business, I don't know. I don't know. You have not asked. Just keep asking. Be very specific. Lord, show me what to do about this business. Show me. Show me. I need to know. This business is supposed to be producing ten times of what we are producing. But it's not. Show me. Show me. Stay, stay there. Don't go and confuse yourself. You're asking about the business today, and then tomorrow you now jump to, uh, you see that, my friend, there. Show me. You are not, you are not a serious woman, babe. Amen. If you want to still talk about your friend, lay those three things before the Lord and be consistent. Consistent. Don't miss a day. Don't miss a day. The word of the Lord will come. <laughs> the word, the wisdom of God will come. Hallelujah. And that's why, as we get ready for 2022, if there are still things that you don't know about 20, I mean, it's 2023, as we get ready for 2023, there are things you don't know. This is the time. This is the time to seek him. Today is uh, 20, 28. You understand? Start seeking him. Seek him. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet tonight. Brehagalabasha. Yerebadahadem. This number three is what Moses, I said Moses, David. You know, it's David that wrote the psalm there. He understood the secret. So when David is writing things like this, you know he's writing from experience and from revelation. There was something that happened in the life of David at Ziglag when they went to battle and then they got there and said, so we don't need you. By the time they came back, their, their wives and children has been taken. The, the city of Ziglag, where they stay, has been burned. Everything has been taken. And then the men with David started crying. Mighty men of war started crying. Until they cried, until they didn't have strength to cry again. In fact, he got a point. They were planning to stone David. You know what this generation would have said? They would have said, David, David is generational cause that is worrying him. That's what this generation would have said. They said they were going to stone him. They were thinking about stoning him. But the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. That's why discouragement is a dangerous thing. When you are discouraged, you don't know what to do. Discouragement is the next stain to death. That's why people get into depression when they are discouraged. And then they begin to have suicide um, thoughts. 
In this case, David was not having suicide thoughts, but some people were having modern, murderous thoughts. They said, they said, let's kill him. We kill him, we kill ourselves. That was what they were planning to do. But the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. And then he told Abiathar, the priest, he said, bring me the effort. Which represent, in those days, represent the presence of God. Entered in into the presence of God. And then inquired of the Lord. Let's, let's read that please and then we'll read. Okay, thank you. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? There he knows exactly what he's asking for. I believe in praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is good. You understand? But when it comes to you getting answer, ask. Specifics. This business, why is it not moving? I want to know Lord. Why is it that in our family this is happening? Why is it that this one? You don't need anyone. All you need is the presence of God. He will give you the answer. The, he is the one that knows the answer. Why is my business not moving? And this is the best time. Because 2023 is your year. I said 2023 is your year. It's made specially for you. It's made for your rising. I said 2023 is made for your rising. In the name of Jesus, you will rise. Come and talk to the Lord. And say, Lord, I receive grace to dwell, to behold, and to inquire of you. Lord. Come and pray.